from KFNX News Talk Radio 1100, it's Chatterbox, where you'll find the latest news, interviews, and updates about the gaming world. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host, the guests, and the callers only, and not necessarily those of KFNX News Talk Radio 1100. And now, here's your host for Chatterbox. Look at this piece of machinery, folks. Now, this is, uh, this you're ta- is dramatic. You're, ta- you're talking about me, right? Yeah, this is dramatic <laughs> because we're on the radio. But I'm sure that all of you can imagine the Thrustmaster T500RS that's sitting upon not just the table here, but also the table behind us. It is that mammoth that it takes up more tables than I do, personally. I heard you killed a guy with that thing. It's, um, well... As the warnings promote... You yes. can you kill a can, guy. You can kill a lot of things uh, with this. Does it have a warning saying that, uh, be careful, if it tips off a shelf, it could kill a baby? Because um, <laughs> the Xbox did. <laughs> haven't, haven't gotten to that one. Um, it's definitely heavier that, than any Xboxes. Yeah. Is yeah. the original Xbox? The original Xbox literally had a warning on it that suggested it could kill a baby. Yeah. you got to watch out for those babies. <laughs> They're crafty. <laughs> when you drop your Xbox. Yeah. Go go hunt down your old user manual for the original Xbox. But, check uh, out that warning. Yeah, this, this badass... Uh, steering wheel and pedal set um, now, I know supposedly came out last week, and I've been hunting for it, and I and I finally procured one. See, now, last week you weren't sure if you are going to get it, but I think the very fact that you couldn't get it that week yeah. made you want it more, so you of definitely course. got it. When of it course, came. basic psychology. Um, also, a lot of people were complaining because it was expensive, so I had to have it for that reason as well. Yeah, of course. Um, I know bags. that it's, it's not... It's not all metal like we thought. It's got rubber and a little bit of plastic and even some styrofoam stuck to it. Ooh. Well... Yeah, the styrofoam is not actually. Part the styrofoam's of the custom, but um, yeah, this thing is this thing is a mammoth. It's 36, all thrusty. Thirty-six point four pounds, altogether. Wow, altogether. Like he's he's and getting emotional. I can't he's even, choked up. I can't even speak. It's just I will be sleeping with this tonight. This will. <laughs> that thing's dangerous. This pedal, these all metal set of pedals. This will be my pillow for. Just tonight. don't stick stuff where it doesn't belong. That because there's a lot um, of warnings on that thing. Yeah, that's not happening. Dude, so, this thing could do more than the shocker. It's got three pedals, not just two. Yeah. So, so you're right. It's not 100% metal, but it's got metal in all the right places and also Jeez. metal in some of the wrong places. Yes. For the record, it's metal anywhere you would want it to be. Pretty much. Um, so I haven't Although actually the, used the buttons it on the on the actual controller part. Those are not metal. If those were metal, that would add an extra bit of class. Yes. My metal fetish has no bounds, but Thrustmasters does apparently. Who are we? Did we do an introduction? I don't think we did an introduction. No, Does it matter? When Thrustmaster's in the house, there's, there's no needs for We're trying different styles, Colin. Okay. If I, you could not bring it to the forefront for our listeners, I would appreciate I'm it. I'm just working on making this segue apparent. Okay. Thanks. We have no Molly. Uh, we have no Molly today. Um, she went to CES, as I did, although the actual attendance of CES was extremely limited. It was more like just a trip to Vegas. I, I was hoping that if you uh, didn't really go to CES, that you at least went to the uh, the Aria pool where you could test out their gigantic 20-story uh, um, reflector that burns people's hair in the pool. I was telling, oh, yeah. I was telling Michaela about that in the car. I was like, is that the wind that does that? Or? Yeah, it's the like, Aria. I couldn't, I couldn't remember which one it, it was. Yeah. Uh, I did not see that. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm very disappointed. But I thought about it. I thought about maybe bringing some like some candy and oh, you know yes. what was great? Some eggs. So when we got there late at night, right? So we stayed we stayed at this really swank apartment thing that they call a condo, but was an apartment. I don't know why they would say that. 
I don't know. They seem to use the word condo for a lot of apartments these days, and to me, a condo has access to the outdoors, like to me, the I thought, doorway. I thought a definition of the condo is just an, an, an apartment-like structure that's actually owned versus rent. Well, you can own an apartment. People in New York do that. Yeah, then, but in this case, at was, that point, don't they call them condos? I don't think so. See, I say an apartment is one that has a hallway with access to many different domiciles, like a hotel. Right. Whereas a condo has a doorway access to the outdoors, so you could get into your car without going through anybody else's hallway. I will not debate the semantics of these words. But, to be honest, I haven't looked it up. Anyway, so according to me, we stayed in an apartment that the owner called a condo. Um, it, was, it was very cool, although a little bit off the strip for our tastes. Um, anyway, so we got there, stayed there that night, and then the next morning we went to the Venetian to get our badges and stuff. And uh, we did that, and apparently just beyond the Venetian, like right at the win. There was, uh, no joke, a, um, a sulfuric acid spill. What? They, they closed really? off the roads. Wait, wait, wait. You mean it's not like an attraction? No, no. It's, this this is, is a straight up like, apocalypse style. I don't, I don't know how large it was, but it, it was... This wasn't like a CES promotional like, event? <laughs> no, it wasn't like some dude slipped a, a, a stink bomb or anything. Like a truck or something of sulfuric acid. And you could actually smell... Uh, basically, ass um, at you know the, the lower levels of the Venetian where there's right. access to the garage. That sounds quite that. unpleasant. Yeah. For the record, the Venetian and Win are very close to each other. Yeah. So so let me let me just say a few things about this Thrustmaster controller, and then uh, and then we can move on to bigger and better things. Okay. So wait, wait can I ask one question about CES? Did you guys see Andy Dick? Yeah, yeah. Actually, we totally hung out with him. That's amazing. We got a ton of pictures of him. So he was sitting in um in the party that we were at, uh the Tweet House thing. And I, I saw him there being like interviewed by some people who wanted to feel like they were worth interviewing people. And then Rich had his reindeer mask on. I saw the picture, and it looked are, amazing. <clears throat> are we all... You saw the picture with Andy Dick? Yes. Oh, so you knew we hung out with him. I wanted, to, I wanted to say it for everybody. Okay, well, it was I appreciate awesome. that. So if you've been to our forums at Golgotron.com, or uh, even Chatterbox, you've seen that Rich has a reindeer mask uh, avatar. It's not his. It's just a picture that like Ron Workman got on the internet or something. Some dude wearing a reindeer like S&M mask. It's crazy. And so I can understand why Andy Dick would be attracted to this. So, well, we haven't gotten to the Andy Dick part yet. So this is Rich. He got uh, he went on Reddit and they did some Secret Santa thing where they just like sign up and send each other crap. And he's like, "All right, I know I'm not supposed to tell you what to get me, but I just found this thing on the internet that they'll only like it's only on Amazon Japan and they'll only ship to Japan. But if you can figure out a way to get me this reindeer mask." That would be stellar. So his secret Santa got him the reindeer mask, and he went around that tweet house party with that mask on. And I thought, while sitting uh, right near Andy Dick being interviewed, I thought, if I can pull Rich over here from outside, I get him in, be like, dude, I'm gonna introduce you to Andy Dick, and it will be on, guaranteed, <laughs> guaranteed. And as soon as I did, I was just sort of like squeezed in. I was like, oh, Andy, I want to introduce my friend Rich, and he's just like, what? Oh, my God. And he, like, brings him close, and then Rich sits down, and he does the interview with Andy Dick. I don't even know who was interviewing him. And then those other people totally get excluded, like we were some sort of alpha people. And uh, our friends end up sitting around with Andy Dick for however long. And I I don't need to feel special because we were hanging out with some dude that other people know. It was just hilarious because he's funny and was constantly asking where the Coke was. <laughs> and... Um, and I had a friend from Massachusetts come in, and just she was going crazy talking to him and everything. So it was a lot of fun. You go, know, go look up that picture of Andy Dick so, and the Ranger. So how did, how did you get? How did you meet him in the first place? He was just at the party we were at, sitting on the couches yeah. that we were at. But what, I mean, what, I mean, just I mean, there was no special conceit for you to, to speak to him. It was no, just, just, that's the whole point. I thought yeah. it will be very easy to talk to him if I get the reindeer mask over here. Yes, that is. So I said, hey, you got to meet my friend. You know that he's of the gay. Oh, he's thing. of the anybody. Yes, this is also true. Pansexual. 
Yeah. 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 And and the reindeer mask undoubtedly well, turned him on. Oh, whatever, man. He can do whatever he wants. I don't care. Oh, I'm not saying it as a negative. He but... wants to put not just men and women in his body. Apparently a lot of different things. Reindeer mask. He's going to put in there. Keeping yeah. it real. And yeah. if he wants to do that, I mean, who am I to judge? Exactly. No, it was a it was a good time. That that party was the best time I had there. And uh, the other guys had a good time at Steel Series, I suppose, the night earlier, though I did not go to that one. So about the thrusting. About the Master of Thrust. Did you guys see the title of last week's show, by the way? Was it Thrust Master? Something about the Thrust master. master. I can't even remember. Okay. So so anyway, all right. So this 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 bad boy, right? This bad boy. Guess how much this bad boy cost? It was. 30? I happen to know it was six hundred dollars. Okay. Oh, God, so, okay, you're right. It's six hundred dollars. So. <laughs> See, we're all totally sick. I by just the start. Way. I just start choking up every time I start. Molly is sick, which is why she she isn't here. I'm getting over my own sickness. Yeah, I try to get over sicknesses, and then other people get me sick. So, so this thing is supposed to be okay. I'm gonna do something to Colin here, and it's not gonna be nice. Okay, you guys, both of you, you need to be engaged with me I'm when engaged. I'm talking. Totally okay? engaged, and not not in the matrimonial <clears throat> sense. Okay. I, I demand I demand your full attention, please. Now, okay, so both of you, of course, are looking down at their requisite computers as I'm about to try to talk. <laughs> Definitely. About. Okay, so... We may have discovered a problem with the Chatterbox feed this so, very moment. Which okay, is why. so you know what? That's actually a good reason. But, okay, I'm going to talk and ignore you guys. How about that? And you guys uh, do your technical troubleshooting. Right? I'm no, watching. No. I'm looking no, right I'm, now. I'm okay. paying oh. attention, man. Okay, so... Here, here are some features that this thing boasts, which I find to be amusing because um, one of them, for example, is the weight of it, right? So if it weighs very heavy, naturally it must be very good, right? Yes. Um, another thing is that that's, it's, that's yeah, what she said. <laughs> it boasts a uh, a three thousand RPM motor. Oh God. And um, and I don't know something something like sixty five watts. Right? I'm sorry, what? A 3,000 RPM motor? Yes, this motor... But what needs to be revolving or rotating or whatever? It the doesn't steering matter. Wheel, it kills things. This, this steering wheel is so dangerous that it came with a placard placed over the face of the wheel... <laughs> Don't put your baby in the steering wheel. <laughs> to not place babies and reindeer hats in the middle of the spokes... Lest they be sliced off. Are you saying that warning. it could spin at 3,000 RPM if given the opportunity to do so? There's something in there that may spin at 3,000 RPM. I don't know what component that but is. It but it can't even make three full turns. Oh yes, it can. In fact, it can only make three turns. Right? So, it's so, a 1080 steering wheel. Yeah. So, so one of the other things they advertise is that it has three full turns. This, this I've never understood why this is somehow a a, a feature because anybody who does racing. If you look at the way people who race cars actually handle the steering wheel, they don't turn hand over hand. They have both hands on the steering wheel, and that automatically limits you to about 180, maybe some more. You can do a little more than 180. How do you do a sweet turnaround? I wouldn't even want 180. Yeah. I would well, want it to be more like 120. Right. Well, like I said, like, <laughs> it's it's not that much. You, don't act, you actually don't want quite that much range of motion, but... Just for fun, just for excess, just for extra weight, they give it to you. They also advertise uh, 16-bit precision in the steering itself, Ooh. which is means that there's... 65,536 values. Yeah. So it's very, very smooth. You're speaking all technical. I don't know what you're saying. There's, um, it's 2 to the 16th, Colin. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels good. Colin don't know math. I think which I was is ironic, because doesn't the PS3 only, only understand 256 values? 
Well, no, this is a custom input device. It can understand anything it wants. It can, it can be its own controller and yeah. find its own input. Yeah, level. that's right. So, so I think I mentioned something last week about uh, my complaints about people's complaining on the Internet about this. Um, but you know what? I'll, I'll take it for a test drive. And what I'll complaints see. have people made? People complain. It's insane. People complained that um, it doesn't come with the six... Speed uh, actual uh, oh, shifter. The shifter. Okay, that I can actually understand, but I don't care much because it's got the. the I don't. Things. I don't care much. People complain because the these these pedals they say are not sufficient quality. These pedals you're looking at here, they're complaining about the quality of these. Uh, I've also heard complaints that the uh, the the hardware pieces that you get, these fasteners and these nuts and these bolts and so on, um, are very cheaply made and they're soft, so they 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 wear out very quickly. They strip themselves very quickly. That. That actually would suck. And so, you know, that that very well may be the case. I've I've heard actually somebody's uh, uh, fan. There's a fan inside the wheel in order to cool it has has uh, appeared to fail or made uh, unnatural noises. Oh, I'd kill someone. Um, but on, on the other hand, uh, I've heard a lot of people say that theirs doesn't do that at all. Yeah. So, well, you'll always have some defects when, with moving parts and all. Of course. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what it is. Hey, if it's a piece of crap, I can return it. All right. Well, I've got some things to talk about when I get back, when we get back. So stay tuned, folks. Arizona's News Talk Leader, KFNX, AM 1100. Welcome back. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio, now 100% Thrustmaster free. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. All right. There's no need to. Everything's been said. Okay. Well, what we will talk about is our fantastic sponsor, the University of Advancing Technology, and their website, uat.edu. Make sure to go there, learn about the programs they have, uh, so that you can get into gaming, get into game production, just like uh, Ara did. Of course, he didn't go to the school. He just got into game production. I went to the school and didn't get into game production. I went to the school I don't know of if that's hard a good, knocks. Yeah, school good promotion on the, the streets. School. But I'm here doing a radio show. And what I'm going to talk about right now is actually... I don't want to say game development. I want to say... Because it's not game development. It's game player development. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So Potentially. I played a, a little bit of uh, Portal Staying Alive. Excuse me a second. Uh, 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 uh. There, oh, I just had to cough a bit. So, Portal Staying Alive is the Xbox Live arcade release of Portal, which comes with challenge maps. And I hadn't played the challenge maps yet, and I got the chance to play Staying Alive, which is good because uh, Portal 2 is coming out soon. So, I was doing that, and then it reminded me, uh, while, while my wife was sitting next to me, that she's not good at that game. And I realized the, the reason is because she's not good controlling uh, dual sticks simultaneously. Do, is, do you think that the, the spatial um, complexity is also a factor? Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it could be, but I'm not going to pin it on that because okay. I don't think that's the problem. Well, can Although, she play Geometry Wars, for example, or is that does that confuse her? Well, this is what I'm about to get, get to, actually. Okay. Um, I don't think she can. I think it's the same issue with the dual sticks, but that doesn't discount the idea of the spatial um, challenges. She does have spatial challenges in video games, but not necessarily in the real world, right? But, so I've got a pop up cough drop here, so I don't cough in the listeners' ears. Go for it. <laughs> all right. I hope that doesn't come onto the mic. The clickety clack. Not my at teeth. all. No, I've, no, had, no. I've had so many Ricola 
these things. Yeah. Mountain herb. I have probably pulled down at least two full bags of these in the last couple of days. But so, about about the dual stick. Anyway, can, can, my my throat's feeling a little scratchy. Oh man. Oh, sir, you are too kind. We, <laughs> I mean, with this much. If you haven't had one yet, they're strong. The first first yeah. one hits you hard. Yeah. Anyway, it's heavy. The first one's free. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Okay. So, then I went about playing Geometry Wars Retro Evolved Two, um, like yesterday or today. I think I started playing it. Um, and do you remember Geometry Wars Retro Evolved and the original? Yeah. Whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one mode. Like you just play, you play as long as you can, right. and like there's some achievements that get in there that say, "Hey, the pacifism achievement: stay alive for like 30 seconds or 60 seconds or something." I think it was 60 seconds without shooting a bullet. Yep. Or at least without killing anybody. I don't know if they care if you shoot, but probably don't shoot for a whole minute. Um, and there are probably some other achievements that I don't remember. But I've always said about that game that it's it's a good game, and like if you're a gamer. And I, I say that in a very generic sense. Like people who've been playing games a long time, or just claim to be a gamer, you can hand them that game, and if they totally suck at it, you can just say, you know what, you're not a gamer. And then I realized, you know what, it, it uses two control sticks. And um, if I came to someone like my wife, or, or we, for people who, who aren't longtime listeners of the show, we've done a couple exercises outside of the show that we've then discussed in the show, where we take uh, people who don't play games a lot and introduce, introduce them to several different games and see how they do and how they enjoy the, the various styles, right? People say, oh, I'm not a gamer, right? Okay, we'll try this and this and this and this type of game. And um, the twin sticks always give them trouble, and it's because like they haven't had the practice of moving in, in a first-person environment. Well, sure, there, there's a certain gaming. amount of dexterity in that you know a person may not be accustomed to, not completely unlike... Um, the many uh, stories that have been told about when mouses first came out. Really? Was that hard for people? I, I didn't know specifically it was, but I heard this, a story the other day that it actually was, and that people, um, when when mouses were was first developed, were first developed, that uh, people had some trouble using them and uh, actually had found it difficult to understand this concept that you're moving this, you know, you have this puck in your hand and there's something on the screen that's moving in the same way. That doesn't surprise me too much, but I was a kid, so everything was a challenge when you were a kid, right? And then you pick it up real fast. And, right. And well, it's it. certainly different if you're exposed to it, I think, as a kid versus as an adult. Yeah. I think that that's very different. You just assume when you're yeah. a kid, a learning, learning curve is just part of everything. So, yeah. anyway, uh, Geometry Wars 2 works a little bit differently than the first one. Because there's levels and stuff. There's different like modes, right? There's, there's not so much levels. The one for the for the Wii has levels. Right, it's that's very the different. one I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. different from this even. This one has six different game types. One of them has levels, but for what it's dumb. worth, it basically doesn't. Um, and I'm going to describe these levels to you and why I think it's important. Because uh, the first one, it takes these elements of gameplay um, and shoves them into one game. And you just have to be good at all of them. You have to be good at you know what we might call twitch, being able to react quickly. Um, you have to be able to maneuver in this two-dimensional environment, and you need to be able to use two sticks while doing it, right? Right. Um, you also need to be able to see a lot of things happening at once. All of these various factors, I've, I've just named off four, um, are key to gameplay. You know, being able to see things, being able to react to these things, being able to control your um, your avatar, right, the ship, and being able to attack things. Right? Hand-eye coordination. Yeah, like they, they're all key, and there's probably other elements as well that I'm not bringing to mind, but they're all in, in one game environment. And then uh, Championship Wars Retro Evolved 2 breaks it up. So you've got 
these various modes, and I, I want to try and describe them to you, uh, but this is based only off of memory. So the first one is deadline. And what's great about it, too, is that it forces you to play each of them before you can play all of them. Yeah, so I like thought you, that was really good. But you don't have to play it a lot. Like, it's the unlocking scenario isn't exactly difficult. You just have to play it a little bit. And I don't know if it's measured by, like, you have to play at least five minutes of each one. But anyway, you start off playing deadline, which is just three minutes. You have three minutes here and, you know, do the best you can. Um, and I, I, you know, got two million points or something. Uh, then King of the Hill is the next one, although I don't know if it's called King of the Hill. It's King of something. And um, the way that works is you've got all these rings in the level, and they go away as soon as you, well, a few seconds after you go into them. So there's a ring uh, maybe three times as large as your ship. You go into it, and you can shoot things. The enemies, however, can't go into the ring. They're, they're bound outside them like a shield. Uh, they don't die. They just can't go in them. But when it disappears, of course, it disappears, and you're stuck with all these enemies surrounding you, squeezing in on you immediately. So they're like temporary shields that don't move. Yeah, except when you're not in them, you can't shoot. So okay. you go in them, and you can stay in them as long as you want until they disappear, which is like five seconds. My first reaction would be more interesting if you could, but anyway, go ahead. But there's a reason, though. So you go in them, and you can shoot these enemies, and also when an enemy dies, they release these things called geomes, which increase your multiplier so that you get a higher score if you collect these little particles. So... Anyway, you go inside this ring, and you can shoot things, and then you have to basically make a path to the next ring, because they appear and then disappear every time you use them. Right. Um, so you have to go to the next one, and then you can shoot a little bit, and then you scream out of there, go to the next one. and um, So it forces you to be good at a couple different things, right? you got to aim really well, because you only have a few seconds to be aiming and shooting. Meanwhile, you then have to drive through, and you can't shoot. Like, you only... Oh, have to be good at driving. Yeah, it's a very different dynamic. Right. So then Evolved is the next mode that opens, I think it's called Evolved, it's just the same as the first game. Yeah, it is Evolved. Right, where you just stay alive as long as you can, and it's endless. It's all about points. Then's Pacifist, where you can't shoot anything. You can actually defeat some things, because they put these gates, which are just like lines. Yeah. And if you pass through them, then it has a tiny explosion that kills a few things nearby. Um, and one of the really cool achievements is related specifically to the Pacifist mode, which I'll describe in a second. All right, then there's Waves. This level just has these, like, 20 jet things that fly at you in a straight line and then reverse direction when they hit the end of the level. And then they go back and forth and back and forth until you shoot them. Um, and so, like, a big portion of the level just starts sweeping at you. And you have to shoot through them or go around them if, there's, if they don't um, go across the entire screen. But very, very quickly, they end up going across the entire screen. All right, after waves... Oh, by the way, one wave goes, and then another one comes, and it doesn't matter if you've shot the whole first wave down. You could have, like, five waves going at once, in which case you're pretty much dead. Um, so I, these sound actually like pretty varied mechanics. They are. Um, They're varied. So that's, 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 that's really good. So Sounds then, like a game I'd like to play. Yeah, Sequence is the next one, which is the one that breaks it down into levels. It's just like the normal game where you can shoot and you know right. travel. There's like predetermined patterns that like yeah. do crazy stuff, and they're all really hard. It's just, like you said, predetermined. So the first one's always going to be a specific wave, and when you defeat all the enemies, it, you have less than 30 seconds to do it. Or you have exactly 30 seconds to do it. Um, then you go to the next one, and it's supposed to be hard to just get through all of it, and I haven't done that yet. So anyway, the achievement that's really cool in Pacifist is that the... For those who aren't familiar, this game has um, a rectangular uh, oh my God, I hate this play one. level. And so if you... The, the guy who was number one at the original Geometry was Retro Evolved on Xbox Live uh, leaderboard, he would just destroy everything. And the way he did it, he, he would roll around the edge of the screen, shooting a little bit angled towards the inside. Right. 
And then he would just go around and around. He'd end up corralling these enemies in a giant blob of enemies. And then eventually he'd kill them, and then they'd appear again and have this new corral of enemies. He'd just be going around and around the screen, usually counterclockwise, if I remember correctly. Um, and they, by having those ships that just go back and forth all the way to the edge right. and a few other things, they kind of stopped you from being able to do that. But you still can a little bit in, uh, in number two. Um, but Pacifist, it wants you to rub against the walls 100%. It even puts these little lights on the screen so you know how many you've rubbed against. And then you have to, so it's called wax on. You have to wax on by touching the entire level, uh, level's border. And then you have to turn it all off, right? But you have to do it. Um, it's on the pacifist level, so yeah. you can't shoot anything. Sounds hard. Yeah. I, I want to keep talking it's about deadly. this, but hopefully only just for another three minutes. Uh, we'll be right back. Hello, it's me, Mario. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. It's a number one. All right, we're back, and I'm going to explain why I've been talking about Geometry Wars. And it's because of this. It's, uh, it's really, it comes down to what it takes to be a gamer, or just what it takes to be good at games, and it breaks it down into these parts. That's what you mean by a gamer. Is by, yeah, like, like understanding the discourse be of being a gamer, like actually like understanding... Well, what, when I say I am, I'm a gamer and I'm good at games, mm-hmm. right? And you can just say that very gener- generically. I'm good at games. Okay, well, maybe I'm not good at role-playing games. And if you ask me, role-playing games aren't games. They're lame. But um, <laughs> most people disagree with me, and that's fine. But we take someone like Molly, and we make fun of Molly a lot because, like, she plays games, she likes games. Perhaps you mean it's, it's not a skill game and we, without getting into the semantics. Sure. Yes. Um, but but <laughs> our, our crew, if you want to call it that, makes fun of Molly a bit because she plays, like, Final Fantasy, old Pokemon. games or, like, a very specific subset of games that, like, you expect the girls to play and doesn't have really the, the varied gameplay experience that... Would you... Would you care, now, now, maybe you know... Um, too bad she's not here, but maybe you know her uh, repertoire better than I do. But would you say that most of the games she plays are not very demanding games in terms of demanding she, things from the player? She doesn't play like, like, like first-person shooters, I don't, like besides Uncharted, which isn't really a first-person shooter, I guess. That's the only game that I know that actually has guns in it or anything yeah. that like involves shooting or like Uncharted aiming. does not yeah, demand but I'm not, I'm not talking about sh- guns and shooting. I'm talking about games that demand things from the player. Would, when when I say demand, a, I mean like... Being able to react quickly. Right. Well, that, that's one decision. form of demand from the player. Well, what right. are the other forms? Well, there's, I mean, do you want me to enumerate Can you just give them? us an example of another? Just timing? I mean, timing, right? Spatial recognition. Um, even, even turn-based games can place demands if there's enough strategy and risk involved. Yeah, right? so you got to be smart. So, so, you know, planning a strategy out, long-term decision-making is something that a game can demand of you. Uh, people usually use the word tactics to refer to basically short-term strategy. Um, that's that's another demand. Um, managing resources, that's another way games can demand things from you. So perhaps I'm just being short-sighted and funneling all of gameplay into just basically timing and reaction. Well, we can we can definitely, I mean, you know, consider and just talk about that subset of it, you know. And maybe but, that's because I'm old school, right? Uh, when, well, I th- when I think about game, I'm like, 
NES games. Like well, you had well, to be able to jump on platforms. Let me and, like, categorize it this way. And stuff. Right? I mean, that's that's an entire class of interactions that, or, or, or demands, as it were, of um, that you can call basically like spatially bound. Or not spatially bound, temporally bound, right? You have you have to do something, right? But the thing that makes it interesting is that you have to do it within a certain time interval. And these strategy things that I just discussed, right, the things that make them characteristically different from those are that you have as much time as you want to do them. So they're not temporally bound. Yeah, and it kind of makes them easy. Right. Because well, it, you can do them one in thing that forever. I've, one thing that I found, right, one, in some way, right, but in a game like Chess or Go, right, where there's so much depth that there's it doesn't you don't have to bound the activity or the demand on the player by time because it's just it just requires that much thought right yeah so the boring parts of like i i, I don't want to go too far into this but the boring parts of like rpgs is because they have a structure that's not temporally bound whatsoever but they don't give you decisions that are interesting in non-temporally bound spaces. Yeah, because right. you could just grind until you're strong enough to beat the guy that you couldn't beat five minutes ago. Right. So the cool thing, the really interesting thing that I found just in, in my experience developing games, and the thing that really gets me excited about games in general and design in general, is how the dynamics of something changes when you change the time boundary, right? Either from no no time boundary to you have to do this in six seconds to you have to do this in one second to you have to do this in a quarter. Right, so what you're saying is like WiiWare and stuff, like uh, not WiiWare, but uh, WarriorWare, and how like these like simple things get like crazier and crazier because you have a smaller time. I don't know. Yeah, it, in in a sense, right? That's a really but, extreme but, example. But don't yeah. But don't but don't encapsulate like everything into just something like WarriorWare. I understand what you're saying, but just like an example of something. Even that... even in a game that's persistent across like 10 minutes, yeah. you can have interactions where you have to react to them on a fractional of a second basis. Yeah, And I think Donkey Kong Country Returns that we were talking about uh, a few weeks ago is an example of that where like the level uh, forces you to move forward, right? You can't go backwards. You're constantly moving because you're on like a platform that you have to stay on or something. And so right. you have to make quick decisions about what happens in front of you. Yeah. If you don't, you're going to die. And you can't stop the game because it it always moves forward, right. and there's so, some Mario levels that do that, and, and whatever. I, I'm not personally, I'm not excited about those because I wish I had more time to to figure out the challenge or to actually complete the challenge. I don't like the idea of being forced, but um, it's also kind of fun sometimes because you have to be really quick and, and dare I say, twitchy. But in your comparison yeah. to Geometry Wars and Halo, I just wanted to see what was your what was your comparison you were drawing about the, tw- the twin sticks? The twin or? sticks. What I what I wanted to say, that the conclusion I was coming to while playing this game and thinking to myself was that this game could be used as a trainer for someone who doesn't have experience playing a game. Because you, you need to develop, uh, I don't know about mastery, but at least comfort with the two sticks. Being able to control two different things at once, in, in like asymmetrically, right? And asynchronously. Um, you also have to learn to be... Uh, just cognizant of everything that's going on in the screen and the fact that there's things going on outside of the screen. Uh, in this game, you don't see the whole screen at once. As you move up, then the whole the screen shifts with you, but you see yeah. a large portion of it. Um, you also have to become good, not necessarily at shooting things, although there's certain levels you have to be good at aiming, right, and destroying things, but you also have to be good at uh, dodging. So that's like the pacifist bit, or the... Um, one achievement that took me a while to get was the King of the Hill one, where you have to go through 30 of those rings I was describing before, but without killing anything. And that gets really hard because the screen is filled with enemies. <coughs> Don't die on us. Oh, dude. It's a lot of talking. So, um, 
it trains you to be aware of everything that's going on, to be good with the sticks, to be um, good at maneuvering, to be good at aiming and destroying, right? That's the general theme of the game is just killing a lot of things. And so I, I thought to myself, this would be a good game for someone who doesn't have experience playing games, but who wants to say, hey, I'm a gamer. Like, I'd love to sit Molly in front of this and say, Molly, you need, before I will take you seriously. You're going to need to wax on and wax off. I can't do wax off yet, dude. It is hard. I got 80%. But um, I want you, one of the achievements is just get a million points on all of the six levels. That's reasonably difficult, but not crazy difficult. I have a lot of experience with Jam and Chores, and I was able to do it in one sitting, like the first time I played the game, which is today. Um, but that's, like, if you can do that, then you've got a sufficient level of mastery for me to say, you know what? You know, you can play. I wish I had thought about this. You, you know what? I, I think that uh, I would consider these types of things, Alon, uh, generally indicative of, of good game design. And I would also say that in a lot of ways, I regard games as, as teaching devices. And I think the best kinds of games, for me personally, are the kinds of games that they demand a little bit from you in the beginning just like a teacher does. They they demand of you a little bit in the beginning. They show you the atomic things involved in whatever it's teaching. And it, they test you on that. And you demonstrate some level of mastery. And once you've proven some level of mastery in those skills, they layer on uh, further things that uh, modularly build and, and, and in some way sensibly build off of those atomic pieces. And so you get better and better through the course of playing the game, in ideally in a way that you're actually engaged the whole time, right? And this is actually, this is the idea that, um, you know, we talked about this guy maybe about a year ago. The flow thing. Right? The flow thing, right? This guy, Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi, who wrote this this book called Flow, where you are in, there's, you know, the, the flow you can understand in a way as like you're in the maximal um, learning state, it's right like, or a mastery state where it's just hard enough, right? Like if you if if you can imagine difficulty on a continuum, right? And assume assume that just for purposes of this discussion, it's on just one axis, right? Um, it's just one variable. That there's an optimal point where it's hard enough to stretch you and to challenge you, but at the same time allow you to meet that challenge. Right? It's just hard enough. It's that perfect level of hardness. Right? If it's any harder than that, it will frustrate you and you will not want to play. If it's any easier than that, it will be boring to you in, in, in degrees and you will not learn as much or you will not feel as successful. And, and so I think that the best games basically bring the most number of people to that point where they can learn and get better at the game. So I, I need you to play this, basically. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I'd love to play it. It sounds like, that's why, like, when you were rattling off these things, that, that's why when I said, oh, this sounds like actually a really good designed game that I want to play, right, that's that's one of the reasons. It seems like it has this structure to it, right, that gradually builds and that also, you know, teaches you these these concepts in a way that, you know, basically makes it accessible. Well, yeah. the way it structures, it's... Uh... Gameplay. I don't know if you're getting at that point, but the way it structures each level that you get progressively, it's teaching you that new skill. Eventually, to get to the final level of like going through all like the crazy hard modes, like teaching you like how to be a defensive player, not shoot people, and then also you're talking about going on the walls and kind of like stacking up all of the enemies to kill them. Like it's teaching these strategies as you're playing. Yeah, and you know what I didn't mention too much. Like I mentioned the achievements, but the achievements break it down even further, where you get used to the game. And one thing 
if you're an experienced Geometry Wars player, you'll realize that the bullets have a certain velocity when you shoot them from your ship, but that velocity is altered by the um, the velocity of your ship, right? So it's like if you were throwing a tennis ball. If you're driving in a car and you throw the tennis ball, you're throwing at the speed of the car plus the speed of your toss. Whereas if you're driving backwards and you throw a tennis ball forwards, then you're, again, the speed of the car is going backwards, right? Your throw is going forwards. The ball is probably still going to go backwards, right? So the the bullets do that. If you're flying... I always thought that was weird, by the way. If, if you're shooting in the direction opposite that you're flying, um, you're going to get fewer shots out. Um, not fewer shots out, but let's say the, when they hit the wall, they're going to hit uh, less frequently than if you're shooting yeah, no, you in the same direction you're do. flying. That's basically what it is, they, right? Yeah, they will shoot faster you if get you're shooting them forward. You get the firing rate when you're shooting in the direction you're yeah. moving. Do you, know what, do you have an idea <laughs> of why they would make that design decision? It's important. It has, because what it does is it drives you, it, or I should say it influences you, to uh, attack forwards, and it influences you to go after, uh, to go basically to, to fly into battle. So um, you're going to be more destructive shooting forwards than fl- so you can't be so defensive. You can't just be running away and shooting all the time. If you want to plow through enemies because you're just surrounded by them, you want to be going towards them and shooting at the same time. And how that's what- probably why I'm not as good at that game because I was trained on many many stick game double double stick games that uh, didn't. Have that right, and so teach you I, be defensive. So, well, not teach you be defensive, but I basically learned that kind of motor control <laughs> in a situation where my direction and firing rate were absolutely independent of each other. But this element is very key to this game, and what I wanted to mention before was that there's um, an achievement called Phobia that actually tells you to do the opposite. Hmm. You want to kill a bunch of things without getting those little gems that they drop, so you yeah. have to stay away. You have to go backwards while shooting them. We'll be back. Arizona's News Talk Leader, KFNX, AM 1100. And we're back once again. That's right. It's Chatterbox Video Game Radio as we descend into some very deep intellectual design discussions. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. So, it's deep, um, it's deep stuff, man. Geometry Wars 2 really breaks gameplay down into so, its basic, so, basic forms, and that's why I love it. I want to take a, a, a very, very brief, uh, for a minute or so, just another angle on. You, you know, you were mentioning, I thought you were going to go down this road, but you didn't. You were mentioning about, like, you know, okay, what, what, what is somebody. Why does uh, some or how does someone consider themselves like a gamer or not, right? And, and we have some sense that, like, you know, if, if you feel like you have a certain degree of, of automatic skill which is you know either acquired or, or otherwise obtained at but you know hand eye coordination video games or games where you have to do things right in a certain time like temporally constrained let's say right to use the fancy word um that if you can play those types of games that you know you're you're a gamer and there's lots and lots and lots of people who love the games love video games play lots of video games but don't play those types of games because they don't feel like they're you know i think competent enough at them right like they they are maybe molly will fit into this category right they are not good enough at those games and they they are so not good enough at those games that they haven't achieved this threshold where they gain the satisfaction of playing them because they're just they're just not good enough to be satisfied by playing them and i think so for that reason they 
tend not to play them, right? So it's kind of self-reinforcing in one aspect. But in another aspect, there are so many badly designed games that don't do a good job of gradually teaching these types of things to the player that it's very hard for these people to find this sweet spot of, of flow that we've been talking about. Well, and that's what's what's good about this game is that you can take someone who you know, doesn't want to play game X, Y, or Z because, oh, they're not, just not very good at it. Right. right. Uh, that's good. I'd rather just watch. Right. Like, uh, Michaela said to me recently, you know, I, I just, I like watching you play Portal. I'm like, really? Oh, wait, that's right. because you can't right. play it. Right. She, um, she doesn't, it's not that she can't play it per se, it's that she just can't play it well enough. Yeah, but like, it would take a lot of training, right. uh, just practice through these things that, that we've developed slowly right. over the it's, years it's as games much. have developed. You know, the difficulty bar for her is, is too much over that sweet spot threshold for it to be worth it for her to even try. Yeah, but if you take someone and say, here, take this game, which is just 2D, like it's relatively simple in terms, like anybody could understand it um, academically. You can see what you have to do. You just avoid things and shoot things, right? It's very simple, but it, at the same time, is teaching your body and like subconsciously uh your your mind how it just forces you to practice these elements which are present in yeah. many many games yeah. the, the so coolest... i'd love to sit someone down and say here play this yeah for sure get that achievement that, that's for a million sure. points in every every one of these games and then come back to me and we can go play any other game master. yeah we can go play any other game and it'll just take you a minute to learn it and then you'll be good at it or at least good enough to like play with have me. a starting ground right because I've said before, like, I've played, uh, let's say, New Super Mario Brothers Wii with a bunch of people, and they all suck, and it's boring. Right. It's lame because you've got to bring them along, right? But I want someone who's good at it, and I'd love to sit someone down who doesn't have experience or thinks they're not good at games or just isn't good enough and be here, like, practice with this. Just suffer through it. Suffer through the bit till you get good at it, yeah. and then you'll be good at everything else. Right. See, the thing <laughs> is, right, and I, I think ideally, I think the ideal is that nobody should have to engage in suffering, in a state of suffering, to get themselves up to that point where they can play the other things. That's that's my ideal. Anyway. Well, it's that idea of 3D versus 2D, and 3D is going to be inherently more complex, isn't it? Well, well what I mean is I'm, I'm putting you on the fast 3D path. 3D is more suffering than 2D. Yeah. Putting you on the fast path to where the rest of us are right now because we've gone through it over the course of 20 years. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's not about reaching a strict point of, of skill. It's about the emotional feeling of improving yourself through that type of experience, and that, that's why I think games are teaching devices. But you know, want to know why I like shoot 'em up so much? Because you like dodging. Uh, it's actually it's just a little more than that. So shoot 'em ups are really really interesting because they are um, one of the best genres at demanding things from the player in extremely extremely small time spaces. Not just less than a second, but sometimes less than half or a quarter or even less than that. And what happens, something really interesting happens when you have to do things on that level of time. Because that is too fast for you to consciously execute things. <laughs> right? It starts, hold on, it starts actually engaging parts of your brain. It's like it's, like it's animalistic in a way, right? It's like it's engaging parts of your brain that work on the faster path, right? Like the cerebellum parts, the parts where, you know, the, the the tiger is coming at me and I don't have time to think and ponder consciously what I'm going to do. I have to just instantly react, right? And so at the same time, though, right, you're not disengaged constantly, you're, you're consciously. You're still engaged consciously, right? So in a way, it's actually engaging, right? It's like lights are lighting up all over the brain like crazy. 
you've transcended. When, when you're doing well, you know what? At the best levels of performance, it kind of feels like that because you try. It's, it's not a lot of people have experienced this, but you start to actually feel like your reaction times and you what your fingers are doing actually at times exceeds what you can follow on the screen and that's and a really I can I can relate to, relate to this with Tetris cuz like I'll play yeah. it and just have it like turned up to the maximum speed and then just like everything you're doing has to be within a split second or you're going to start stacking yeah, up and that's, dying. Yeah, that's just I mean like I'm getting tingles just thinking about it right now. But that's what that's what you know what you know what turns me on that's what turns me on. And the Thrustmaster. And the Thrustmaster. Yeah. So real quick um I found this article on Kotaku it's by Steven Totillo. And basically Or Totillo. Or Totillo. Or Tortilla. Yeah. <laughs> um, basically, what he talks about is playing Red Dead Redemption, and then the the, uh, the title of the article is "The Year I Gained the Courage to Ignore Video Game Music," and that's not a problem with this article. But um, the basic gist of it is that he chooses to turn off all the music on um, all the sound in Red Dead Redemption, and then goes on to say that video game music composers really aren't necessary at all. So you know what? Um, I was about to ask you. Because I wasn't sure what exactly his point was, and I think you're absolutely right. I think he's confounding two very different things. I think he's confounding um, his experience in, okay, like I can turn off the music in games, which he's actually, I think, doing even more than that. He's not just turning off music. He's, he's turning, turning off all the sound. All the sound, which sound effects are so important yeah. to how I've, something feels in a game. It's like it's like taking out the graphics. Well, you hear with don't you see by hearing like I, I don't know I was it's just taking some it. film it's, classes and like yeah, yeah it's really really important right so if you now you know what hey if you're grinding on a game and you've played it already and you know what it sounds like okay turn it off hey you know what even if you haven't hey I don't care if you turn off the music I don't care well, what you do there are some games where sound is important just like because you want to know a guy's creeping up behind well, you. Well, yeah. yeah. In, some, in some games, it's even more essential than that, right? But I'm just talking about just the affect and just the dynamics of feeling the way something feels because of how it sounds partially. That's a really critical component, you know? It's funny. Like, Tommy Tallarico used to say that sound is 50% of the game. And I, I was kind of disheartened later for him to hear the same thing, but he only said that it's a third of the game, and probably because he got so much pushback from people that it's that it, this half is not enough. I, but. I, not as too much, but but it's still it's really really important, right? And he's saying right that this somehow like that leap right to saying this somehow makes uh, composers or or people who do game music or game sound effects not essential. Yeah. Um, word for word, he says that's crazy. Yeah. That's really crazy. Read it, read it to me. Um, let's see here. In 2010, however, my behavior proved that they. Okay. Whoa, whoa, hang on. Slow slow it down there, cowboy. Okay. I've met video game musicians. I've been to their studios. I've seen the hard work they do. Until 2000, until 2010, I felt they were required. In 2010, however, my behavior proved they were not. And that's because he played Red Dead Redemption and felt it didn't change. And his... that game has some great musical moments. Like that. Yeah, but even if it didn't, that wouldn't mean... That just means that the music in that game blew. Yeah. Right? Which apparently you're saying it didn't. But, um... You know, just because one game isn't changed with or without the music doesn't mean that other games wouldn't be. Yeah, I think it's an, I think it's a, a way too much of an extreme polarizing stance. Like, hey, no one's forcing you to do anything. You can play whatever you want, but uh, don't don't diss the authorial yeah. quality Dude, and value. Even lame of RPG games like East One and Two. It. I remember playing East for uh, TurboGrafx CD. Oh yeah, and that, without that rockin' music that had nothing to do with the game or sound effects, <laughs> that gives me a hard on. I wouldn't want to wouldn't want to do it today. Playing Geometry Wars without the music would be lame. Even like a Kingdom on. for Keflings, right? Like we're talking low brow, but like it's got some music that repeats over and over and over and gets really annoying. Still important to the game. Anyway, that's the end of the show. Uh, don't forget to go to uat.edu, the website for the University of Events and Technology. 
Good night, guys. We'll be back next week, folks. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.